Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the show. This is another White Press play coming in your ear holes. Hey, wait a minute. This one we're talking about the 2005 Samuel L. Jackson movie, Coach Carter. Uh, we, we're going to be playing some b-ball up behind the school uh, when a couple of guys sat down and started making a podcast and one of them was a girl. So join us in studio. We have the love of my life, uh, Lady of the Manor, uh, uh, Claire Fox. You've heard her on the Marilyn Monroe show. You've heard her on the Joseph Fritzl. She loves the dark stuff uh, on those conspiracy guys. Welcome to the studio, Claire. Thanks very much, Gordon. I didn't want to... Gordon, how formal. I didn't want to... Uh, give away too much stuff well, you about you just call me the love of your life so yeah but about your personal life i mean like you're normally i go and they do this for a job and this for a job and i didn't think you want people no. to know all that stuff we'll talk a little bit about your job later on hmm. perchance maybe perhaps and uh this one is is all about coach carter uh it's samuel L. jackson's i i think like you know when you start to get a little bit too old for action movies and you start getting into more serious roles uh, also, the man that this movie was based around uh, specifically asked, like, pushed a piece of paper across the table to a producer and went, I want Jackson, like that. And, uh, yeah, so Samuel L. Jackson was cast in, in this as a, a, a high school basketball coach. He was to find out what to do with these kids. And uh, Yeah, I always felt it was like his community service of his film career. <laughs> yeah, this is like, yeah, <laughs> what did he do? There was too many snakes on the plane. <laughs> yeah, what well, like, what did he do that he owed somebody this favour? And yet, he's so good in it. He, he commands such respect that I don't think the film would have the same gravitas. Without him, uh, surely. Well, this is the thing, like, he's coming down from, like, like big hits, like Pulp mm. Fiction and stuff like that. Um Black Snake Moan, I think, as well at the time. And there was, like, big, uh, you know, award-winning, noticed movies. And this one, I feel, as with all the movies on Why Prince Play, uh, slipped under the radar a little bit for decent films that you should watch sometimes. It did. Um, do you want to know how the film came on my radar? I would love to. Uh, I was working um, with Young Offenders. Wow. And... Um, in the hopes that they would not reoffend, and they, and they asked you to be a basketball coach, yeah, because you had. And in the first um, few minutes working with them, I slammed on them up against a wall and went, "I'm not a teacher. I'm your basketball <laughs> coach." And then they were like, "Clam, <laughs> clam on you." No, they weren't from Dublin. Um, but uh, no, a, a coworker of mine, a colleague of mine, was looking for, I suppose, films that would engage young specifically male minds 
um but that had enough uh you know inspiration and yet like enough i suppose relatability yeah dangerous minds is a bit too schmaltzy yeah. even though you do look dynamite in a leather jacket well with the seat turned around <laughs> um that's just because i don't know how seats work <laughs> Mega the chicken, <laughs> a whole one. one. I've often said that in the restaurant. Mm. So you were you were like, I need to find something hip and cool. Well, I didn't find it. Now my colleague um, found it, and I had never heard of it. Um, and she put it on one day, and I uh, was just I found myself um, tearing up towards the end. Mm. But I, what I did notice is that it did grab the attention of the young lads we worked with. Um, and it had an inspirational message, which was better than a lot of the films that they were used to watching. Um, the fact that it was based on a true story. Um, that's the thing that got me. Yeah. And the fact that it's directed by the lad that's, that yeah. it's about. Like, well, the son, I think, yeah. or grandson. Yeah. yeah. Like it's in the family. Like mm. it's this guy's story. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it amazed me. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit shit. Like it's a little small bit shit. When you're watching it, you're kind of like, really? But... I don't think it is. I, I, I beg to differ. I, I, well, fantastic. I will tell you why the little mm. bits that are shit are shit and the good bits are good. Mm. But that's the thing. You'll, you'll, you know, it's like spaghetti bolognese with some shit on top of it. If you love spaghetti bolognese, you just eat around it. And well, it's uh, maybe a fly on mm, the top. Yeah, maybe a fly on top of the spaghetti A bolognese. couple of spoonfuls of shit on top. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why later on. But uh, yeah, this is why press play. So if anything on the show uh, tickles your fancy or you want to get in contact with us, we're quite a new show from the people who brought you those conspiracy guys. So I guess uh, if you're over here listening from there, welcome. How are you doing? And uh, if you're if you're a white press play only or uh, you should get over to uh, Those Conspiracy Guys, which is a conspiracy comedy uh, podcast uh, uh, produced by me, Gordo. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us here at White Press Play, uh, it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit. All that stuff is just slash White Press Play. Uh, we do have a Discord server as well for chat and for, for audio banter. And now there's video chat as well in Discord. So we can all have a big old laugh together, watch a movie or, uh, you know, talk about some computer games and stuff. We also do stream computer games from PS4, Steam and uh, through the emulators that are coming out now. Mega Drive, SNES, uh, 3DO, Nintendo 64. So uh, I, I play all of those games and you can we can play them together if you want to go online with that. Uh, get onto the Discord and there's channels in there for all the tags and name tags and all that stuff so we can connect online uh, there is also the lifeblood of the show which is patreon so patreon.com slash white press play all the stuff in there uh, is exclusive to the people on patreon so if you want to go in and drop a dollar or two dollars or five or ten or however much you can afford however much you think a show is worth you can drop that money in there and you get loads of exclusive stuff like you will get to get you know first in line to play all those games we're playing Fortnite at the moment uh, which is an awesome uh, contender to player unknown battlegrounds in the uh, the battle royale format it's free to play both on computer and on ps4 so if you're into that and you want to have a go uh, please hit us up on uh, one of the social medias or you can email us info at widepressplay.com and uh, we can we can connect online that's this is kind of what we want to do we want to have a little chat find out new movies new, new tv shows and new computer games uh, on white press play that's the the remit of the show find the the gems so you spend more time watching and less time looking uh there are also uh, live watch alongs for tv shows documentaries uh, movies and what else on a service called rabbit rabb.it where we can put in a link if you have a link for a movie wherever you may get it free or no and uh, we can all watch it along together which is really strange and cool for a service uh, i've been trying to i'm an early adopter for a lot of these different apps 
apps and if you've been listening to those conspiracy guys for a while we've gone through a rake of them uh, and a lot of them have shut down like blab lord of mercy on blab and uh you know you gotta try i mean if, if nobody's using them they're gonna go anyway so this rabbit i don't know how long it's gonna last but it is good crack while, while there's watching it so if you want to watch something like uh, coach carter or any of the ones we have coming up in the future uh we can watch along with those some evening uh, so get it hit us up there I, again like through one of the social medias or on discord and we can choose all together so that's all the social media stuff out of the way please do get in touch uh the community is small for white press play at the moment uh but we are we are pumping out as many shows as is possible and uh you know i'm doing stuff with uh, uh gordon hayden and uh, box office on tv3 we're doing some some uh t- like tv movie reviews like it's getting getting a bit of you know there's a bit of weight behind mm-hmm. it so mm-hmm. i think uh if we keep on pushing we could uh, end up going to going to london and meeting some people and making some cool videos i do try and make as many like vlogs and stuff like that as possible uh so if you wanted to see the vlogs of when we did do tv stuff uh hit, hit up the patreon or hit up our vidme our youtube channel youtube is a bit scorpy at the moment with everybody uh so i'm tending to lean towards vidme so it's vid.me slash white press play and there's loads of uh, uh you know like trailers and little secret videos i'm making like uh you know the play alongs for all the playstation 4 games and all the stuff that's on twitch is also on vidme uh so so get on there and we're also on twitch twitch.tv slash y press play and that's where we stream all the games from ps4 from steam and then the emulator stuff as well and you can join in while we're playing that and you know tell me to shoot this or blow up this or whatever i wanted like an interactive experience you know so that's it uh, for the social stuff we're going to get into coach character now uh, when I was watching this movie, Claire, mm-hmm. I thought, brilliant. Sam Jackson, mwah, really good. From the minute he walks on, he's like, listen, this is the way it's got to be. And he's just very, you know. Uh, uh, God, I thought he was a, an additional guest there for a yeah, second. It's, it's a, my, yeah, my Sam it's Jackson's uncanny. not great. Uh, it, but, but he was just like, you know, forthright. He was like dead serious about what he wanted to do. He was doing it for fuck all money. And it was real like very unbelievable as as a as a character for a minute until i went no you know what people actually do nice things for free yeah he was given back but also he recognized um he recognized the value of it from his own life that's the thing so first of all he had a son that age the the age of that he was when he was winning basketball titles and he would have seen his own success that happened as a result of getting a scholarship to college, getting his business degree, starting his own business, you know, which which he, I suppose, felt like he had to start his own business back in his own town because that was important. It was like not like leaving like a lot of high flyers would, but like coming back to the community, building up the community, building up the local economy. And then the next step from from once that became a success was to say, OK, now how can I contribute like those people who contributed before me. So this is uh, Ken Carter's sports shop. Mm. So he came back to town, made a sports shop. He also had a son, Damien Carter, mm-hmm. who's played by uh, Robert Richard, uh, mm-hmm. which is how, how the apostrophe in his name would indicate it's, it's to be pronounced. And uh, who, who has hauntingly beautiful eyes. Oh, he's a very beautiful young lad. Like yeah. a, bl- yeah. a, blue, a blue-eyed black kid. I was just like, oh, I'm lost. Mm. They're like pools of eternity. Yeah. Um, I didn't really believe him as Samuel L. Jackson's son. He seemed like a bit of a like a bit of a whinger. I did not get that. No, he seems a bit like oh, I went and play. So uh, <laughs> they're, they're at home. Like Ken Carter goes back to the school that he came out of an, as an all star. Uh, he 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 was brought up tough and tough in the streets, and um, he he basically wanted to come in and give back to the community. And he offered the services for very very little. 
to the to the school team. He was team basically who were, volunteering. He was yeah, going to be paid but, a stipend, but it would hardly cover no the time. Yeah, but his the, petrol probably the the or the orange juice he gave the lads after their morning runs. With their morning suicides. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a second. But but he like the team is doing like okay, but a bit shit. And it was like the best team in the whole region at one time. I don't think enough was shown about how good the team used to be. It was kind of like just alluded to. Well, I think I don't think they needed to spend much time mm. on it. Like, like he pointed, you know, in his first scene with the basketball players, yeah. he points to the wall of fame and he says, if you need to see my credentials, they're right there. And you can see that he was MVP and team captain of winning team in 1971 and 1972 yeah Yeah, so over three-year period so like and that's probably the last time the team had been really successful so that's kind of what's inferred and these guys were like street hoods who'd like i'm cool i wear my pants on the back of my ass and you know i wear my hat all cocked to the side and i you know well they're very cool dudes they're very cool dudes but in fairness um there's a lot of it's like street crime going on as well so i suppose they have to be they have to have a the gang bangers they have to have um street cred this is the thing but but when they're they're playing street ball and they're undisciplined and what what can i think that's the thing they're talented they probably have enough time to put into the basketball in their own time but they don't have the discipline to, you know, listen to people, yes. to follow instruction, to, you know, like not not lose the head and get into a fight with other players. Um, so those are the things that he really needs to work on with them. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fit young lads. They can, yeah. they can throw balls around the place, yeah. but they have no discipline and they have no structure and they have no organization. No. They have no knowledge, really. They're just like, I'm good at basketball. Are you really, though? And it's the same with anything. Like, you could be naturally good at anything, but if you don't work at it uh, to the nth degree, it's going to be mediocre. Yeah, That's and I mean, thing. like, in, in the first um, in the first session with them, he starts asking them, you know, like, uh, he starts telling them what their numbers are, and they're like, those those aren't our numbers for our last match. And he's he's focusing on what they missed. Yeah. And the players are obviously focusing on what they scored. Turning their perceptions upside down. No, it's mind bottling. So what <laughs> what we what we do here on My Press Play is since you're dying to tell the story I of am the dying film, to right? Tell the story. We do a thing here called sixty second plot. Yeah. So if you want to, I'm gonna give you sixty seconds mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell the story from start to finish as much as you can in sixty okay. seconds. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one. Go. So an altruistic uh, man from the hood, uh, made good, comes back after um, opening his own successful business in the hood and he decides he's going to volunteer as the new basketball coach um, while still ensuring that his own son is kept away in private school and, you know, so that he doesn't run into the wrong people. Elitist. 20 seconds. So uh, he befriends the boys by showing nothing but respect, calling them sir, call, having them call him sir and um, explaining to them about, you know, uh, casual racism, etc. Um, telling them that he expects a contract to be upheld or they won't be allowed to play in matches. 40 seconds. And then his son leaves the private school, joins the team. Uh, there's some heartwarming stories. And in the end, everyone wins, except some people don't. Like, oh, sorry. That's <laughs> fifty seconds. No, you oh, didn't. So that, you didn't. You didn't tell. Well, I, you, the, the time reminders put me under pressure. Yeah. So then there no, was it's, it's sixty seconds is gone already. Mm. Now. Yeah, but the time reminders. I thought you were just going to let me talk and then go. Eh. 
At least you know how much is how much is coming. That's the yeah, but that just puts me under pressure. Coach Carter wouldn't uh, you know wouldn't give it about the pressure. No, you know? but that's why I don't play basketball. Exactly. So if uh, if Coach Carter came into this school and he was like a daisy like all the other coaches, these guys are going to run all over him. So you say that he he'd have probably given up. Uh, yeah, I mean a lot of people a lot of people did give up previously. This is the yeah. whole point of this. Um, so he comes in and he tries to make a first impression, and this is one of my favorite points mm. uh, in the in the movie when he comes in and he starts telling them like you will do this and you won't do this and you will do he this he starts handing out contracts which they just start laughing at yeah but these guys are like you know uh, young dudes who are like I'm pure cool so uh, this character Timo Cruz who seems to be like this young tough he's like a, a Mexicano and he starts throwing the n-word around the place when uh uh, Coach Carter is handing out these contracts and he's like fuck you old man like it's this rebellious defiant even in the face of all the other guys like cooperating with Coach Carter and saying well, well I know I kind of like basketball mm. and this guy is like uh, if you've ever watched Sister Act he's the, the Lauren Hill of the group who's like no I'm out of here who then like stands outside the window and like mournfully yearns to be back on the team and or whatever. singing in harmony <laughs> Willie T doesn't sing in this one <laughs> It, that that whole Timo Cruz storyline, I think, like really holds together. Yeah, like it's very, very powerful. Much more powerful than any of the other storylines. I think. Yeah, There's Timo like, Cruz is kind of the central. I think so. You sympathise with him most of all. You, yeah. you you grow to love him. The little so pop. There's four. There's four main storylines that are split into the movie. So it's Timo's, like, oh, you know, I'm battling gang warfare, and you know, my cousin, he's like, my cousin, Mi primo. yeah, he's like a gangster man. He has all the money, sells drugs and stuff. Or he's like that kind of world. And then you have Kenyon Stone, played by Rob Brown, who basically gets his uh, girlfriend Ashanti, uh, called Kira in the movie, or Kyra. Uh, she gets pregnant and he has to deal with that kind of stuff. And then we have Texas Battle, who's played by Maddox. Uh, they're all, they all have pure, cool, uh, one-word names. Uh, so Texas Battle... Junior Battle. Yeah, yeah, to Junior. Mm. Uh, his ma is played by Octavia Spencer. Yeah. So when, like, that 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 story is basically like, he too dumb to go to school, like this kind of thing, but he's real good at basketball. And um, and then we have Worm, who's played by Antoine Turner. Like, those four dudes are kind of like the main storylines. We follow their home lives as they go home, as well as Coach Carter's. Less, less so Worm. Less so, but he, yeah. he, he has, like, a, an important part to mm. play later on in the movie. And then we have, obviously, Damien Carter, who's Coach Carter's son, who is, I think, like... He wants to prove something to his dad. Like, I don't feel that that's... Like, none of those are as strong as Timo Cruz's no. story. They're all very weak in fact, stories. In the paternal relationship that Coach Carter takes on for Timo Cruz is stronger than... His own son. His own. <laughs> that's the thing. So, like, the, the movie starts off basically, like, with Ty Crane, who plays for the other school, the other cool school in the group. Like, he, he he's uh, coming out going... I'm the next LeBron James, so like you know from the minute minute one, like he's the man to beat. Mm. And this, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, uh, like remember the Titans or a Mighty Ducks or something like that. It's kind of this like underdogs work real hard, learn a few lessons, and then you know win the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, the re- the relationship between uh, Carter and Timo Cruz is it is a lot stronger than the one with his own son. And his own son, like without any kind of. <laughs> without any preemptive like uh, uh like without prompting from the script or from the character it, he just comes in and coach carter knows like okay i'm i'm wealthy i own a shop you know i'm sending my kid to a private school he's going to saint francis which is the same school that this ty crane is going to so this is this whole like you know uh, uh mighty ducks like 
he used to play on the team and eventually they'll be playing in the final and he'd have to play against the guys he was on the team with it's this kind of typical thing yeah and yeah. as a true story you're going is it really true because i've seen well that i think movies. that's why they say based on true stories yeah because i'm i'm sure if a lot of these true stories like i often think of the blind side um, yeah jesus and i'd wonder how much of that was just you know because because sandra real... bullock doesn't look like she let the black lad stay in her house for nothing <laughs> She's just one of them kind of women. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but my point being that um, I think if you actually knew the whole story, like it, like uh, an example would be, you know, that film with uh, Johnny Depp, where Johnny Depp is, um, you know, you feel pure sorry for What's him. eating Gilbert Blow. Grape? Blow. Oh. You know, Blow. And yeah. like I watched that and I was, oh my God, the narrative got me. And I yeah. was all like, you, Johnny Depp, why would they listen to him? Yeah, yeah. And in the very last scene, they show a picture of the real dude and you're like yeah, yeah he deserves to be in prison yeah I think that's like why they can't they have to fluff it up because otherwise you'd be like no that's a bit too much truth for me thanks yeah I think the Ken Carter being as cool as he was I don't think he was that cool but in real life Ken Carter the, the he was quoted as saying that Sam Jackson was the only man to play him to say who do you want to be who do you want to be played by he's like Samuel L. Jackson and after the movie was made Carter is quoted as saying, yeah, he got, he's the best actor in the world. He got my character 98.5% correct. 98.5. And I'm like, I don't think, are you that cool in real life? Well, one thing I would say just from having had to build relationships with young people myself, it doesn't happen that quick, but you have to, you know, you've only, you have to pace a movie and you've only, you know, however many minutes. Yeah, it was. So you needed a character as strong as Samuel L. Jackson to get across that very quick he got them into ship shape. It's a 110 something minute movie. So it's not, it's fucking long, like for, like that's nearly two hours for movies of the time that were like. Yeah, I think it's paced well though. The start gets, it's straight in, no kissing. Like it's a $30 million movie. For everything that was in it, it's only $30 million. On the opening weekend, it got $29.2 million. And I think fair flipping place. Did well. Yeah. Did well. I think Samuel L. Jackson like really floated the boat. If it was to come out now, would it get as much? I doubt it highly. No. Yeah. That's the thing, you see. Mm. Uh, but because this, uh, I think the Dangerous Minds style of getting respect that Samuel L. Jackson brought into that gym on the first day, he walked in mm. and he just started calling them all sir. Mm. And he said like, when you... When but he you, wasn't even in gym gear. That's the thing. He, he had was a suit. In a suit with a tie and all that stuff. Yeah. He wasn't like in blue shorts, you know, that yeah. are slightly too tight. And it was, well, he did. It was. Uh, yeah, but he says, uh, the, like, the use of sir and instant respect that he gave those mm. lads for not knowing them, but like, they look like hoodlums. Mm. And yet he still respected them and said, I'm from here. This is who I am. They were like, who are you, old man? And he's like, I'm this. And I respect you, sir. And you call me, sir, and I'll call you, sir. And whenever we have like a game, like you wear a shirt and a tie and all this kind of stuff to build up that sense of self-worth or whatever. But he, it was a kind of a, a, when Michelle Pfeiffer went into that classroom in Dangerous Minds, he said, okay, usually you have to earn an A. I'm going to give you an A and all you have to do is keep it. Like you've already won. Just don't fuck up. Which is a like a completely different way to approach like problem kids or whatever. Mm. If you have somebody who's, used to not succeed and they're never going to try but if you told them listen you've already succeeded you're going to school which is more than a load of kids and a lot of these kids wouldn't go to college or they wouldn't graduate high school they'd all drop out they'd all start doing drugs 
and Coach Carter was like, I want to stop that happening by making them love something and make them be really good at something. That may give them a leg up financially if they do d- decide to go to college. Yeah, he was definitely personally invested from yeah. the beginning. But also... For no reason. But also he knows the area. So like, say, say for example, he was, you know, some guy who like had a near-death experience and was a businessman, but like didn't know anything about an area like that, didn't know yeah. anything about kids from, from, you know, that kind of, that, that side of the tracks. Yeah. And uh, decided that they were going to go to a youth group and give back and coach basketball. No matter how good they were at basketball, they'd have lost that crowd in the first two minutes. Yeah. Because you need a totally different set of skills that no amount of business school would teach you. And and it, you, like, you really have to know yourself. You really have to know that you're not putting up with anything. And you have to nearly preempt what they're going to say. Well, the, the maddest part of the film for me... And because I know like you're in the job you're in, the people that you deal with and stuff like that... like. He had a meeting with their parents after giving out this contract Mm -hmm. and they all came in and said, what the fuck is this shit? Do you think we can afford to have them buying ties and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And Coach Carter's answer was, you know where Goodwill is, don't you? You can only get a tie there for a dollar. It doesn't have to be the best of fucking ties. It just has to be a tie. Yeah. It's not for the style of it. And then they say, are you saying we're too poor to shop in Goodwill? And they're like, we're not that poor. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the thing that there, there's this like this mad delusion of status or whatever mm. that was really being pointed out in the film which I think is a really good for for like t- today's but society as you as said well, delusion like, of status but also delusion of what's after that like yeah. what I really liked one of the things I really liked about the film is that he really focuses on but what if you do win the championship? What after that? Because yeah. if you don't do well in school, you're just you've just got a trophy that you're looking at for the next twenty or forty years. Working in some shit job, or yeah. if you're working. So at he's all. like, "What are you going to do? Keep your tr- trophy? Like yeah. it doesn't mean anything." And then he asks them, "Like who won the last one?" And they're like, "We don't know." You know, that's the thing. So he's pointing out the futility of the delusion, we'll say. But for him, even it wasn't even about basketball. That's the whole thing. It wasn't about the basketball. It was about the discipline. It was about conditioning. It was about like conditioning your mind, respect, and like being able to, you know, manipulate success into more success Mm. rather than just going like throw the ball real good and catch it and run up and down, boss. Like he didn't want that for them. Mm. And one of the things that I thought was really funny is that he said, okay, let's start training. And they're all like, yeah, and tapping the ball around. He's like, right, everyone put the balls to the sides. So let's start doing these things called suicides, which mm. is uh, like you're running from line to line up and down, up and down the gym or whatever. Which uh, anytime I show this movie to young people, they, they flinch and go, what does he mean? Because yeah. even though that was 2005, that's obviously not really acceptable now. Definitely it's a trigger word, I guess. But in Europe, in Europe, I, like we wouldn't use that word in basketball. No. But they they had like it was just a technique like, of how to don't train. Don't make like me commit that. homicide. <laughs> yeah, but they were doing like burpees. They were doing jumping yeah. jacks. They were doing push ups, and he just had them doing push ups and suicides for weeks and weeks because conditioning he said, them. Conditioning. He mm. said the last time you are good, you can pass the ball, you can shoot, but you always get ran off the off the court because you can't keep up. And they were all like, ugh. And he started making them run and run and run and run. Now his young lad was quite fit and quite well done. He was able to do all that stuff. Uh, they weren't like out of shape dudes you're talking about Channing Tatum who 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 plays the character of Jason Lyle like he has like a dancer's body this is his movie debut and uh, like he had never played basketball in his life before so he had to have like personal training on how to catch the ball and run and move on the court and stuff like that but all of these guys were conditioned enough like play street ball but not 
the demanding physical condition that you need to play competitive basketball like but i think as well the fact that he used um exercise as a punishment you know so yeah it was like you know you talk out of turn you'll do yeah. laps your whatever what Su- suicides suicides you'll push-ups you um are late for thing you'll do uh a thousand push-ups you answer back you'll do a thousand push-ups yeah. you know, but it was so all about discipline unquestioned and unargued discipline he's like right we'll have practice at three o'clock don't arrive here at two minutes that means you have to be here at five to three hmm. if you're if you're here at five to three you're you're already late what was the quote? He said, yeah. If, if you, you, We have practice at three o'clock. If you're only getting here at three o'clock, you're already late. Yeah. But also what's what's admirable is he stands behind that um, when his, his son exactly. is late. Yeah. So yeah, when his son comes in that, that minute or two late, it is kind of admirable and a little bit kind of like, you know, uh, uh, in The Fresh Prince when uh, Vivian is the teacher and she punishes Carlton that little bit more because he's just the, the son or whatever. So this lad comes into practice and he's all like... <laughs> Hey, what's going on? He's like, you're late. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm new here, and I, I didn't know. And the guy was in the class. He's like, I don't care. Push-ups, 150 push-ups or whatever. And he has to just like shut the fuck up. And and the quote that Coach Carter saying said, you can push up or shut up. Yeah. And all these guys are like, right, well, if I talk back, if I give any cheek, if I give any lip, I have to do stuff. Mm. And this whole kind of like conditioning that's in the all the first act this is like we're conditioning them to think and behave and train like professional athletes because if you don't do that you're just doing you're at nothing if you're just an amateur everything Mm. so so in the contract that he that he gives out to all these guys and he puts it forward like yeah when you're you're, when you're out there playing real basketball you have to sign contracts and you have to keep to them so this is a contract i want you to keep to so it's like uh, you'll turn up on time you'll do all this stuff if you break the contract it'll make you do suicides break the contract and make you do push-ups and one of the things was they had to have a 2.2 grade point average mm. and when damien who's samuel L. jackson's son wants to leave the fancy school uh, samuel L. jackson's like no no having a tea in the evening reading the paper he's like fuck will you fuck off i'm reading the fucking paper and the son is like i really want to I don't like it at St. Francis. They all call me weird because of my like white eyes. But you get I, what comes across to me in that scene is that you know the way you were saying like Timo Cruz's um, uh, relationship um, with Coach Carter seems to be more poignant or uh, more. I think he needs substantial. It more. Yeah. yeah, he does need it more. See, I think that's the thing that Damien Carter has been with Coach Carter, his dad, for life. So he's been conditioned from from birth to say yes, sir. He calls yeah. him sir at home and there's a definite um you know culture of respect there the same respect he expects on the basketball court from the players so um like w- i remember damien carter says sir please listen yeah and it's the first time you you feel like he's actually being really really assertive back to his dad instead of just going yes sir no sir you and, know? Th- and this comes after a whole spate of scenes where the young lad, the boys in the hood are screaming and shouting back at Coach Carter like, fuck you, who the yeah. fuck do you think you are? Mm. Um, we've had, we've already had the Timo Cruz walkout and then the next couple of scenes is Damien being very respectfully uh, uh, rebellious. Mm. But when Damien Carter like asks Coach Carter what's, you know, why is he going to teach this team in this school that, that he, you know, has nothing to do with his own son. Mm. He says it's a personal decision for me. 
And then Damien uses the same line back at him yeah. when he's saying like, I'll I'll commit, I'll write, I'll do my own contract, I'll commit to a 4.0 um, grade point average. Almost twice as much as the other lads. Like, Yeah, basically top, top, top. Yeah. And all this community service and I'll, you know, do everything if you just let me be on the team. Because he respects his dad so much that he just, he just wants to play for him. And yeah. He makes a very valid point that if he's the top, top in a really poor performance school, he will have the choice of every college. More yeah. so than if he is in a private fee-paying institution. And do, and do medium. And he's, he's just in competition with a lot of other fee-paying people. But he'll also be in competition so it's with the likes of... So actually good business sense. I think it's clever of the young lad to do that. But yeah. he's also going to be... He'll be in the shadow of this Ty Crane who's playing for St. Francis. And there's a whole other posh lads in this school that are there maybe on like uh, uh, physical merit yeah and they're getting let off with grades which is the common practice you know in, in high school college and college basketball and football and stuff like that where you know the trope of like the dumb jocks who are really really good don't have to do well in school and all the teachers just go okay yeah they're, they're winning but, they're winning championships for the school so we'll just let them off being but, but they're not going to get the scholarships either if they're being let off with with stuff they're not going to get the scholarship or you know they're not going because to get, the school is yeah. under under it's like disadvantaged or whatever but they're still these no, young lads are still laboring under the misapprehension that if they play ball real good no you're talking about Ty Crane who's in the other school yeah and you're you're saying that they might be let off. That's what you said there. They may be like molly coddled a bit by the teachers in yeah. that school. But what I'm saying is they're not going to be model co- molly coddled when they're going for colleges and universities. Like say they're going to to Harvard or you know to the top yes. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's going to be such competition because it everyone else in the, in the school is going to be top top as well. But it, it it sets them up for failure if they're if their school is molly coddling because they want them to succeed. So the school gets trophies, mm. but really they're not. So learning. that more you people when, will pay fees to go to that. Yeah, school. you know, in in school when you're copying the homework off your friends and all, and the teacher catches you, and it's like it's only yourself you're you're cheating out mm. of an education. You're not learning it yourself. You, you might as well not be doing it at all. Mm. And I'm like, but why do you punish me when I don't do it then? Because I mean, you're not going to do it or copy it off someone else. That's a personal gripe. Mm. But I just mean like these guys who are being mollycoddled in this fancy school are maybe not being conditioned as well as the hard work. No, because, I mean, they haven't been used to hard work. Yeah. So, like, Coach Carter is teaching them life is hard, but get over it and do the work. And then you might actually get out of that really awful beginning that you got. And I am living proof. So we see Timo come back to a situation where he's like, oh, you guys are all behaving yourselves now. Like following through with this stuff they're all conditioned and they're they're training loads and they're they're coming out of uh, they're coming out of school and wearing a tie and being like really you know like mm. you know if you're in the hood and you're doing all that stuff you're kind of like who's your man but they're but kind of a bit proud of themselves they are now yeah. starting to be mm. and Timo's looking at them going what are you going to be all proud of with yourself about mm. which seems to be that begrudgery kind of thing and he, he him and his friend pretend to stick the lads up on the street and mm. uh uh Jason Lyle played by Channing Tatum is kind of like fuck you man what are you doing like mm. acting like a bomb and your mind's like how's basketball Wah. but really deep inside like Timo Cruz really really wants to play oh he's pure jealous and I think when like it was just tempered that made him walk out at yeah. the beginning and when he did I think he just assumed a load of them would walk after him and nobody did no and he was on his Toblerone so this leads us up to one of the nicest I think like the most poignant parts of the movie and it really sets the it like tees the ball up for the whole second act which is the actual advancement like the 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 
the plateau of performance that these lads get into so the whole first act is all like here's what they are we gotta break them down and then the second one is like they're actually showing results and then the third act is the payoff then when we see it but in the second act we start to see real character changes Mm. and developments in these lads now it flits back and forth and i think the other storylines like kenyan and kira getting getting pregnant and Kenyon's coming in, he's like, oh, geez, I'm worried about having a baby. And Kira's all like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a baby. He's like, do you, do you, like, I pay for an abortion. You, you want to get an abortion? the thing about that is I think that's a really important storyline. So I think yeah. it depends on what line of work you're in. Well, tell us then. Um, I think that's a really important storyline because I think that sometimes um, teens think that, you know, it is going to be fine. Like, we'll be fine. We'll have the baby and it'll be fine. And yeah. Um, because he has, for the first time, started to be encouraged, and Coach Carter is telling him, "You know, you're you're really smart. Yeah. So, like, you could do a really good degree, and people will probably be looking for you to play for them because you're really good. So, you've basically you've got the golden ticket." Um, do you, want, like, do you want to ruin it by having a but baby? But I mean, he doesn't even, Coach Carter doesn't even know he's, his girlfriend is pregnant. No, but that's what I mean. Like, Kenyon's thinking about it. Yeah, so Kenyon's thinking about it. And then, I actually have a shot here, man. Like, and there's a really, I think it, there's a really important scene where um, Kenyon goes back to Kira's mom's, apart, like, to her apartment. Oh, and they're babysitting. And they're babysitting. She has to mind her little nephew. Yeah. Um, or her cousin or something, her cousin's baby. And the baby starts roaring, crying and then Kira starts giving out to Kenya about the way he's holding the baby and then he's just like, you can just see him going, this isn't what I want, this this isn't and then he starts going, like asking her questions like, what do you think, how do you think it's going to be any different? She's like, I know it's going to be hard and he's like, you have no idea. It's this like, every day. Oh, this will be it. And even faced with that, she's like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. And then yeah. he kind of goes, okay. And he tries to drop the hand. They try to do some sexy stuff. And she's all like, oh, that's what's got us in this situation in the first place. And he's like, well, look, at if you're pregnant and you're not even letting me ride you with no Johnny's, I, I'm not like, I'm not into this. I, like, did, I didn't see that side of it now. But I, then I well, suppose I'm female. I'm so. just saying he, he's trying to make the best of a bad situation where he's like, I think, uh, I think we're, we're, baby, we're babysitting and doing all this stuff. And like, oh, yeah it's going to be great and then he gets caught going like the baby's crying and your mom is like oh no get off me and he's like hmm, no I get I'm not the, getting anything out of this I get this the impression very... that he's saying um, like how do you think that we're going to be any different from your mom or your cousins mm. or your aunt, you know how are we going to be any different like I'm going to have to work to support us you're going to have to work to support us we won't be able to go any further in edu- education and then we'll have no money and at one point the two of them and we'll have a baby the two of them are even going like um, she's going well I'm going to break up with you and I'm going to bring up the baby on my own like everybody else does and he's like alright fair enough then go but her yourself. pride is hurt because he doesn't say at any point I want to leave you I don't want to have this baby what he's saying is can we at least have a conversation about it Yeah. which also I think is an important point to make because you know a lot of the time it's only looked at as the woman's problem he's he's there he's invested in the relationship he's saying he loves her and he he's saying I would just like to look at our options and she's seeing that as a massive rejection. And she's like, F you. Yeah, because if the woman is pregnant, you know, uh, the reproductive rights are there, should be there for her. Not in Ireland, like. But, but it is the man's problem as well. If he doesn't want to have the baby, she should be willing to at least have a conversation about it. Hmm. Rather than bringing a, a child into the world that he would then be, feel obliged to have. And to, and like legally probably end up get, having to take care of. So he didn't want any of that shit like. It's not that he didn't want it. It's that he wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. And she wouldn't. 
Yeah. So she went, let's break up. Because he was actually... I'm going to go off and have this baby. And he's But all like, the while she's doing that, he's going around looking at his options, talking to colleges, mm-hmm. telling them that his girlfriend's pregnant, going, what can you offer me in terms of a scholarship and support for and a new family? part-time education and this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So he's actually doing his homework, but she's just shutting him out. Yeah. And that storyline wraps up because it's not integral to, I don't think it's integral no. to the movie at all that storyline wraps up with her going yeah I got an abortion after all and he's like what the fuck you never even said like she seems like a bit of a selfish cunt going on the way she's going on like going come on baby no you can't I'm having the baby no matter what and he's like okay and then he's like I'm gonna get a scholarship and you know you know all this stuff and she's like yeah I already aborted the baby he's like what the fuck the, she had an abortion while they were broken up to, yeah. to be fair and also I think she just assumed he was just like every other guy like get you pregnant and then go okay I'm washing my hands of this because I don't want that baby she saw what he was saying as I don't want the baby I want this not to have happened which he probably did in a way yeah but that's what abortions are for <laughs> I think like she was being a little bit so, unreasonable because she's we move on to the rest of the story because it's kind of not the but she's point. being encouraged by by the women in her life you see in that babysitting scene that she's being encouraged going like yeah it would be grand we get all this stuff and all it seemed to be like I don't think she's I, been encouraged. I think it's her culture. That's what she's yeah. comfortable in. Because at one stage, like... She needs to do a few I don't of mean suicides be, and push-ups and stuff to get a bit of fucking... I don't mean to be reading too far into the little background noise, but like at one stage she gives out to him when, you know, because he turns off milk and butter and she's making mac and cheese. Yeah. And she's like, don't waste milk and butter. Yeah. And so it to me, that's like, uh, she's already been brought up looking after cousins, looking after niece yeah. and nephews. So it's not, you know, like we aspire to that, which we see. Yeah. So, you know, she's but her aspirations were a lot lower than his were because he, because but he, he got, only had his aspirations because of coach Carter. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, so yeah, we see, we see Kenyon trying to, sorry, I got very emotional. Wrestle through. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Kenyon's trying to wrestle through all of that stuff. Uh, and, uh, when the lads are getting like kind of slapped up by Timo and the boys like fake robbed or whatever uh, that kind of stuff comes out and where they're like jeez man come on like you're still fucking around like on the streets and we're actually going to make something of ourselves like they've mm. been doing it for a few weeks now they've been training they're a bit more conditioned and Timo I think is looking back and going fuck I'm, I'm regretting walking out now like you're really having that much of a good time and everyone's like yeah it's mm. going to be great bro you want to get on this shit so one of the like mwah, uh, uh, scenes to kick off the second act of redemption of regrowth and rebirth is Timo comes back and Claire you want to tell us about he comes, what happens he comes into the hall into the assembly hall where they practice and uh, in his big old dirty t-shirt and he says what do I gotta do to play mm. so um, he's just like like really I have to admire it in a teenager you know, yeah. in a teenage character to swallow your pride, come in with your tail between your legs and go, I'll do anything. So like his team, he's just watched his team hop the shite out of another rival team. And they were able to do so for the whole length of the, the match because they uh, they were super conditioned by doing all those suicides and push ups and all this kind of stuff. They had strength training and Timo's like, the boys are after getting good. I want a slice of this. So I think he saw like the thing that twigged it for him was not like the the academic promise or you know the the future potential that Coach Carter was eventually bestowing upon these lads. It was the lads are actually like this coach must be doing something right because the lads are after getting actually really good. And if that was enough to trigger him into going in and doing that, 
to get him on the road of being like academic and doing all this stuff signing the contract and keeping to it i like i think that's enough right yeah but not only that but i'd say it's, it's one thing to watch your team win but it's another thing to be in the bleachers as they say yeah um when the only thing that you can do that makes you feel good and makes you feel like you're really good at something you're not doing yeah. you're watching yeah that's tough yeah he he can't he comes back into the gym he's like what do i gotta do to play and then coach Carter gives him a kind of a like an almost unrealistic amount of work to do he gives him 2500 push-ups and a thousand suicides which is what the lads have done and he said and you have to do it by friday so he had a week to be in the gym morning noon and night just hopping these exercises to catch up with the rest of them now he was pretty fit as it was so i guess it was like i think coach carter went okay that's achievable but not like i know know, but he did actually look like he'd been through the wars when he was only about quarter the way through them (laughs) yeah sweating it all and really really nice moment that i let you describe for the audience so at the end in the last practice of the week um coach carter asks his coaching assistant um for the numbers and the coaching assistant's like not in a million years so coach carter's like okay sorry bye and as he's just walking out um of the gym a couple of the more admirable players yeah on Timo's team say well you know I can help him I can do some the first hand up was actually Channing Tatum's hand he's like uh, I, I, I can do them suicides coach and then he's like you know one player struggles we all struggle because that's a lesson that coach Carter has been you know really banging home mm. and uh, so <laughs> what what I think is very amusing about that scene is you know you know Coach Carter's son Damien is quick to join in and so is Junior Battle and then eventually Worm goes okay I'll do it too but I mean he really has to he's almost shamed into it so then they all kind of help him out and make sure that he gets numbers and then I mean I'm sure that's a massive victory in Coach Carter's mind because you know they're they're reflecting and coming up with this kind of team mentality themselves without having to be told because up to this point everything has to be spelled out for them with threat so I think that yeah, that's a that's a bit of a uh, a lump in throat moment. It was a turnaround for for Timo's uh, uh, character because he's like involved in gang banging and drugs and this kind of stuff, and his cousin is very much uh, kind of a big player. Mm. Uh, we won't put any spoilers in about the cousin, but like some shit goes down, and you know Timo's his his mortality and his future is laid out in front of him, like going, listen, son, you want to be a statistic, like, and he he tries to put a lot of effort into this, and. There, there, it was act two like the, the middle part of the movie puts a lot of conflict and a lot of um, the enactment of the contract details or the contract parameters that were set out at the very very start that seemed inconsequential and it's one of these like you know I, think, I, I keep I think on saying almost, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air but like you're kind of like I think like, you've ah. almost forgotten about it like it comes to Christmas yeah. they've been selected to play in this big fancy schmancy tournament yeah there's a there's a montage they've won four matches in a row like oh, trounced these things yeah. and there's all like a train them on they're passing the ball and high-fiving and dunking and being deadly and doing all these picks and rolls and all these three-pointers and stuff like that and every time they do anything fancy Coach Carter's like hey keep to the plays and they're like sorry sir sorry sir mm. and it's all like very you know steady and they're not like showboating or grandstanding mm. before when they scored they'd be all like bah, 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 in there's people's a, faces yeah, there's a great stuff. scene where he comes back to practice after after a match where they've been kind of rubbing, oh, yeah, rubbing yeah, the, yeah, other, yeah. the other team's face in it and he's, he's like 
um, somebody tells him his shoes is untied. So when he ties it, he's like, I tied that shoe. I tied that shit. And the girls look at him like, you were mental. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, that's what you were doing the other day. You were acting like you did something. They were my plays that you were playing. Yeah. But you were acting like you were the best in the world. You know, I trained you. The only reason you're any good is because of me. But you don't hear me shouting about it. Yeah. And then they're, they're kind of saying, well, the other team were doing it as well. And he's like, that doesn't matter. You yeah. act with dignity and you behave. And it's so much like more of these gentleman lessons like yeah. be better than that be bigger than that like don't just do something because everybody else is doing father it. kind of shit like yeah I think, yeah very paternal yeah um so uh one of the conflicts that they had was with junior battle uh with uh texas junior um so junior who's a great player wasn't doing well and he didn't meet up to the academic minimum requirements that uh, coach carter set out and he said you can't play on the team so Junior like storms out of the practice like Coach Carter says right you're not playing in the next match he's like fuck you and yeah at this point Coach Carter is finding out he's getting the teachers reports back he's finding out the junior battle is failing the the teachers aren't even cooperating with him he's like I'm trying to do part of your job I'm conditioning these lads to do well and you're not helping me that was really annoying for me yeah so some of them are I think the principal he like it sh- it, it shows a, f- a couple of meetings where he's he's kind of take, trying to take the principal to task and then the one golden nugget of the line where the, the principal says to him your job is to coach the basketball team I suggest you do your job and he says and your job is to educate these young men I suggest you start doing yours yeah there's a lot um, of those kind of moments <laughs> there is there's a lot Sam of Jackson. drop the mic <laughs> but it seems it seems that like a lot of the parents at the start were kind of unwilling to cooperate they were like I'm not buying a tie for this young lad you're a fucking basketball coach like just tell him to throw the ball around but you can imagine it seems alien like what, he, what he's saying at the beginning seems alien and then when he yeah. follows through with it like everyone kind of goes sure Coach Carter yeah. sure because they don't think anybody's going to like go chasing up the, the paperwork well, and ju- he does he does and Junior's ba- Junior Battle's ma comes into the shop and from what I got that she was coming in going like hey what the fuck man and then Coach Carter described and said, well, listen, this is how it is. And she's like, okay. She does that, you know, that whole Octavia Spencer, like, the, the, hmm, hmm. And she does that, that kind of knowing head nod with the, you know, the, the winced up eyes and the, yeah. she has that she, certain mouth that when she looks at you and goes, hmm, but, shit, but it was she, a shit pie. I think she's already, she's already reflected yeah. before she comes into the shop. I don't think she's coming in like, um, she's kind of dragging um, well she doesn't drag him in straight away but she comes in and she's she's basically threatening Coach Carter going you know like I could move him to another school and they'd yeah. play him but that's what I felt Coach, that she was going yeah, like yeah but that's all she that's all that's the only kind of um, uh, currency she has right. right so it's like the only thing I have left is to threaten him so she says that and he says yeah but that's not the point because he even if he plays in another district they're not going to teach him he's not going to learn anything and he and the, the, so he's going to be a great basketball player in high school and then have no future yeah. and then she says I know that and I know he's struggling with class and I don't want to take him to another district but we lost a son um, like his older brother was shot in a gang feud so you know like things have been really difficult and school is not his priority but I will get on top of him about that and I I respect what you're doing I see that scene as like he does disarm her she comes in like you said she wasn't aggressive or whatever she comes in bullying and he disarms her with like a positive message for Mm. her son and she goes oh all right then and then she gets the young lad and going you do your lessons but she really wins coach Carter over because she explains what junior battle has been going through that he wasn't aware of 
Yeah. So but Junior then, wasn't like, you know, yeah, expressing so, that stuff. You know? Yeah. And then Coach Carter is like, this is all very well that his ma is telling me this. But if you don't come in, if he doesn't come in and speak to me and look me in the eye and tell me this, then I, I'm just getting a promise from a mum. So she goes out to the car and drags him in and like is prodding him in the back going, tell him you'll do everything he asks. And then he is a major battle because he could hardly read the newspaper article earlier on. That's the, the thing, like <laughs> reading it with his finger. He's literally and like, then, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> uh, so th- this is like the turning point then for Coach Carter's character. And it's kind of like um, how everybody really feels about him. And it's all great having the lads doing a little bit better and everyone's kind of feeling great. But the teachers aren't cooperating with him. Uh, this some is, of them are. Some of them are. But I mean, this is the lock the gym moment in the movie, which is kind of like a pivotal moment it kind of finishes coach carter really well i suppose it's the thing on. the thing is that um he's winning the games he's the hero yeah. but as soon as he's showing that he is serious about the contracts and if they're not living up to them then he's not going to continue doing what he's doing um and they're not going to be allowed to play so basically what they signed up for which was if they didn't get this grade point average that they weren't going to be allowed to play yeah so he can only play like three of the team because the rest of them are failing yeah so after they win this uh, Bay Hill Invitational, mm. uh, they're like, top of the world, ma. Mm. And they're all wearing their shirts and ties and they look real cool. And they go back to a house party afterwards. And it's completely against the rules. They're away from home. It's kind of holiday time. The boys are in the pool. They're, you know, squeezing a few titties, you know, having a bit of aftermatch crack. And then Coach Carter comes in and his the young lad Damien is hammered drunk and all that stuff. Shift but he doesn't like, realise he's drunk because he's been just given yeah. lemonade. Yeah, it's pretty... It's he, <laughs> I know he's a young lad but he acts really drunk really bad. And uh, they they he, he punishes them all. He brings them all back and he's like, what the fuck are you all doing? Uh, and, and the thing is, at that moment, and I think Samuel L. Jackson doesn't do disappointment in movies often. Yeah. Very rarely would you see Sam Jackson's character in any movie disappointed. Like building up to an excited thing and then being let down because he's like, no, I'm too cool. I'm not letting anybody in close to me. So you never see that really. And he comes down and he's like, I'm going to go. They we're all staying in an apartment complex. He's like, I'm going to go down and we're all going to have a big laugh. And, you know, the boys are going, I'm going to treat the lads to something. And, you know, and then he goes around and they're not there. And he genuinely looks like, oh, I worked so hard. I thought they were going to be good boys. And now, right. And he, I think he because of that he overreacts at the party and he's like right get your ass out of that pool and it's like you know he pulls all the lads out then they're finding out that they're failing then he locks the gym big padlocks big chains and the whole the whole school goes mental because they're like why are you stopping a winning team what i think is amazing is that like there's literally choppers like press choppers in yeah, the air like <laughs> it seems it seems overkill and it is a bit mental a bit. But, like the principal is standing around like the same amount of press you'd yeah. see at a White House event. Yeah, if someone if there was a school shooting, there wouldn't be that much fucking press. So so it just seems that like um, this whole locking the lads out of the gym was a motivation for them to go study, and it was like a real heartwarming moment. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but like real heartwarming moment when Coach Carter is surprised when you know they're all they're all studying the thing and they're doing real well and doing all these exams, and against Coach Carter's will, they open the gym, right, and. He yeah. goes. If there's you a o- hearing. There's a hearing. There's a hearing, yeah. and he, you know, it's like you can't handle the truth. And and Coach Carter puts an old tomato up against them and says, "Look it, if you open that gym, you're undoing all the work I've done, and I'm going to quit." And all the teachers are like, "Yeah, fuck you, Carter. My boy's going to be a, a basketball star." But he had got through to all the boys, hmm. but he hadn't got that message across to the parents. 
and the parents were all like fuck you and the lads in the hearing are all looking at each other going I don't know we should probably do better it's it's I know but I like I, I think the whole thing is that he's he's finally getting the lads to think about college might be a possibility for you but they're coming from a culture where they're lucky like the, like the principal in one of her speeches to Coach Carter she says we graduate 50% of our student yeah. body and most of those are female yeah. so she said you're looking at your team you're looking at one in five might graduate might it's that's shit from graduate like. from high school yeah so like there's no way those parents are, are thinking about college and I, I can understand where they're coming from they're going you're now taking away the only positive thing they'll have in the rest of their young, young life before their life turns to real shit and it, it seems to be that they're conditioned to think that that's the maximum their children can achieve because that's the maximum they yeah. achieved and they're fighting against Coach Carter but what I think is great is that the young lads have already been pre-inspired hmm. they're in the here and going no I can do better than this yeah. I don't need high school basketball that's not going to be the thing I'm going to be thinking about when I'm you know in the fucking garage like do, fixing the thing and doing you know I'm gonna, I have bigger aspirations than that and when they do open the gym and Coach Carter is like sent home and he's fired or whatever and eventually he gets to go back into the gym and he expects to see them all playing with and practicing just to collect his stuff yeah and uh, he goes back in expecting to be seen playing on the court but what the lads are doing is sitting around a whole other desks with the other teachers who had been fighting coach carter before uh, and they're all sitting at rows of desks doing their homework right in the middle of the basketball court and he and and, and, and one like, of them says nice coach they can take the lock off the gym, but they can't make us play. That's it. That's it. That's Timo Cruz. And I think that uh, uh, Timo stands up and he does one of those, oh, captain, my captain speeches as well. Oh, and like it's all every of, time, tear to a glass eye. Yeah. I, think I have to stand down at the back of the classroom when I put that on. It's a bit saccharine for me now. I, didn't, oh, I love it. No, I didn't really. It's it's misrepresented as a, a Nelson Mandela speech, but really it's Yeah, it's, it's actually from, Marianne Williamson yeah, who wrote it. Yeah. And I, like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. Would he, would he read that in real life? I don't know. Timo Cruz, like well, six I mean, weeks I think before. He, he doesn't was, just go looking up a good quote. Like the, it's been alluded to by Coach Carter the whole way through the movie. Yeah, no, I know. But I mean like Timo oh, Cruz. Oh, did that actually like, happen in real life? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or in the movie. It, do, it doesn't really it, it fit. It does happen in the movie. <laughs> it doesn't really fit in the movie. Like Timo Cruz, he's selling, selling crack rocks like weeks before. And then he's all like quoting Marianne Williamson then like after, you know, say he's selling crack rocks and he's quoting Marianne Williamson. It's just... To me, that just doesn't make it. Like to me, I was like, ah, that's a bit. Oh, captain, my captain. It was a bit forced. It just felt to me like a little mm. bit. But um, I think that's just because we've been conditioned to see any of that stuff with with YouTube. The fact and you know, with the fact that everything goes viral now, I think something has to be really, really, really unique for us to not look at it as saccharine. Yeah. In a situation like that. But also, he like was that. selling crack like three weeks before, and he. <laughs> His cousin died in his arms while he's going around. Dude, spoiler! You weren't supposed to say that. And then he's, and then he's. We don't know which cousin. And then (laughs) he's fucking, you know, pulling a quote out and reading it like he completely understands the concepts and all inside of it. It just seems a little bit like. But I always thought Timo Cruz was real smart. Yeah, but you could really see the writer at that point. I think like that's a bit. Watch it. You let be. You be the I've judge. S- I've seen it about twenty times, and it makes me cry every time. Let let the audience let then listen. Like audience member, you watch that part and tell me that it's not like really. Let's is take this, a vote. Is this motherfucker really reading out some some of this shit? Like like he knows it. Do you know what I mean? Just felt a little bit. There was a few moments like that where I'm like, 
I can see the writer there. Like it's just good acting. And uh, it's not. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's a few moments in it, like. Um, so I'm not going to ruin the the very end of it, but there is a battle then between uh, uh, Coach Carter's team and the team from St. Francis, and it's this whole da 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 like Rocky Four, I will break you. And we get to see Ty Crane and stuff like playing his best. And uh, he's up against Junior Battle, who's, you know, he's overcome academic adversity. And there's a whole scene where all the lads are in the library and they're all like, you got your grades. Yeah. And it's all this whole like slapping high fives off each other. Even in the absence of Coach Carter, like they, he, he had implanted the seed of you can do better with your life in these lads. And they really took to it. Again, a little bit saccharine, a little bit kind of like, uh, really. But, I mean, it's like... It is what it is. Yeah, it is a Mighty Ducks-esque, yeah, you know, based on but a true story have, because it has inspiration. Even the Mighty Ducks don't knew what it was. It wasn't like, this is kind of like, this is what really happens. It's I, like some Antoine Fisher or some... I don't necessarily think so. I think it's no. based on a true story. Yeah, based loosely. Like, I mean, the way that the story wraps up really nicely in a lovely narrative... Uh, you can really see the writer on the screen. So I, those actually, kind of little, I actually beg to differ because I think at the end we get information about some of the students. The real life guys. But also we get a, we get a lack of information about the majority of them. Yeah, it finishes off in a type of animal house like, uh, you know, Junior Battle went on to blah, blah, blah. And Tito, Timo Cruz went on to blah, blah, blah. And he did at State College or whatever. So you get to find out some stuff. Yeah. And which then is other nice. people didn't even graduate high school, basically. Yeah. Because the omission means Says that enough. yeah i mean yeah. i don't think it's that neat it's not that neat but there's certain narrative functions and certain narrative tricks that they use mm. like to, to for like it's like having like emotional music yeah on top it's, of it to go re- i'm gonna fucking make, you, make you feel something now when you're like i'm back you, to major you don't yeah you don't have to like it's not a fucking you know mm. but the, the young lads in this movie are really really great uh great actors they they genuinely had to learn how to play together as a team and there was they were taught like 70 different players by professional basketball coaches so that uh, they could be seen to look like a, a a real basketball team while doing all the set pieces and doing all there's a lot there's they a definitely lot of, looked convincing there's a lot of sports action on screen mm. like it's a lot of sports action they're, they would have had to been very physically fit to even to play the game as long as a basketball game is but you're talking about like doing it as a movie with all different uh you know camera angles and you have to reset and shoot the same scenes again and you can go online and see there's like a whole coach character uh page with the continuity inconsistencies Mm. where there's like uh lads at one point and then it goes over to the other angle and they're 10 feet ahead or the points on the board are like the 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 times on the board where it's all like 122 and then you go back and it's like 145 144 it's like wait a minute that was 20 seconds ago like there's these kind of things but it's very hard i don't to notice keep, any of those things yeah it's hard to keep all those moving pieces going especially when you're working with teenagers and yeah there's like a gym full of people i guess they're they're not there for oh oh i meant to say one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is the extras it is just like <laughs> like, like they got them out of the local i don't know 7-eleven i don't know homeless shelter like there's some of the craziest extra shit i've ever seen like you know when people are told like be in a crowd yeah, yeah. pretend you're at a basketball match shout but don't make any noise yeah, dance at a swimming pool party <laughs> yeah. but also be dressed up like you live in alaska <laughs> Like it's just <laughs> crazy. Yeah, some of the you would wonder where they got their extras. Like, was it was it like the two euro extra shot? 
like, I think it was bad. like local kids from the school. Some, do you know the way when you're supposed to be an extra and you're supposed to talk and say yeah. rhubarb, 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 yeah. uh, but not make any noise because the, the leading actors are being recorded with mm. a microphone. Like they're being taught to shout. You have to shout and scream like you're the crowd, but we have to hear the lads talking on the court, so don't. But they're all going, yeah, do it. But it's so overacted and shy yeah. a little bit. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of them have posters yeah and then some of them there's are one like, guy in the front row in a black jumper that guy is so fuck he's like doing the dance and everything he's doing this dance he's doing stuff. he's got his hand behind his head doing the doing the sprinkler yeah is that what that yeah, is yeah um and i'm like he's you know he's delighted with himself because he's like this is the only way i'll get on camera <laughs> yeah and then there, so there's much. people who i'm i'm not kidding have one eye looking at the court and one eye looking <laughs> for the court <laughs> Uh, they just look like they were let out for the yeah. day with the basketball <laughs> yeah it's yeah the, the extras are special uh, like like if you're going to give this movie a go just for the extras <laughs> I would recommend it yeah the the, the sports scenes like because I you know I'm not into sport or whatever I know a small like very small bit about basketball but knowing how like physically demanding it is to even play the game never mind I, I, like and I know what it's like to make a make a film or make some kind of video as well, and how many times you have to do it. So they had to possibly play like six, seven full basketball games worth of running up and down and passing the ball a day when they're filming that stuff. Like it's fucking immense fitness needed for that. And uh, the 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 facts online say that they were taught seventy special plays for uh, for their team to show the teamwork so there wow. could, there's other like plays that you can play in basketball like picks and rolls and stuff like that where it's like pass 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 shoot but these guys were doing like coach character had to do like seven passes minimum and you know make sure you do all this stuff because they were trying to run the other team out of juice rather than going like pass run score and uh these these plays were played like meticulous and particularly for the camera to get in and out and they had to replay them and replay them uh, and it was it was oriented to show teamwork and like loads and loads of movement mm. because they wanted it to feel like they were running and they were all over the court and they were moving all the time like can you imagine being on a movie set and just for a whole day like eight hours just all running my nightmare the whole day like that's what I'd rather be the extra but this is this is um, Channing Tatum's first film and he went on to do all the Oh yeah, and the for the ladies, that's a, that's another thing. So you've got the the, for the ladies, for the, you know, for the boys. You have the we can relate to this, mm. and then for the ladies, they have a couple of scenes like the one in the party where they they take off the tops yeah. from the swimming pool, and then there's another one where they're like singing "We Undefeated," and yeah. Channing Tatum is going around with a little little towel just just not quite covering his ass crack. Love it, and every time. A young female in my company watches that film. She goes, <laughs> because he's still relevant. He is, even though he's a, 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 be considered an old man now. But uh, yeah, but like Magic Mike XXL, anybody? Yeah, people can still um, go. Oh, look at him! I know him. <laughs> I if, want to see more. If you were to if you were to recast anybody, then I don't know if you've have you got an alternative casting. Mm. I have some. I have so we like to do this thing on yeah. on White Press Play called the alternative casting. Could anybody else play Samuel L. Jackson's character, Coach character? Could anyone else do it? Uh, Ken Carter himself said 98.5% sure. Yeah. Could Do you think anyone could? I wonder, would um, would Danny Glover be too old for this shit? I think that possibly could be. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have the uh I the think fire. he'd be just like, run or don't run. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading the paper. 
Yeah. Having a donut. Uh, maybe that's just our lethal weapon version of Danny Glover. I'm sure you Oh, maybe Like Predator 2, Danny Glover is like... Much more enthused. Yeah. He, he's he's well able for a bit of sweat. Right. Um, I think a now aging... Well, not aging. I guess that's a, that's a negative connotation. But like a more mature uh, Will Smith... Yeah. Would be able to, because he that. has that kind of the seven pounds or pursuit of happiness. I was just going to say the pursuit of happiness. I could see it. I could see it. He has that intensity. He's that, he could, it's, he'd bring you along with him. Yeah. yeah. Time. And he did that pursuit of happiness as well as a biopic, like it's a, a biography. The guy who is a real, based on a true story, yes. the real guy, like he's like Will Smith studied him and did all the stuff. So, I mean, yeah. he, he had the chops to try and be Ken Carter. I think for crack, for crack, we got to have the Mac. Bernie Mac. I, I think disagree. would be no. You don't like <laughs> no. don't like the idea. I think I think be, that would just be ridiculous. No, I think I think it'd be more a yo teach than yeah. I'm not a teacher. I'm your basketball coach. Uh, see, Bernie Mac can be cutting as well at the same time. I yeah. think it would be a much funnier movie because he'd be jeering the lads and doing all stuff. He may not command the same respect. Yeah, so I think it would be a very different yeah, movie. Yeah, you need a serious thing. I think Bernie Mac, give him a run, give him a run. Uh, so I think as a, as a joke, I would love to see what would happen if this movie had Timo Cruz character played mm. by Rick Gonzalez. If that was played by Rob Schneider, young Rob Schneider. If it was like an Adam Sandlery type movie where Timo Cruz is like I ain't playing no more and he walked off and he seen all the lads succeed and he came in and, and then the big sad face when he sees them all doing well yeah yeah this kind of and stuff and they're like the outside the window one tear yeah I think it could be yeah a bit, if you were making a farce yeah it would be Rob very, Schneider no very I couldn't I couldn't think of anyone to replace Timo Cruz no I think Timo Cruz is, is, is it's so well played and I mean mm. he could easily overplay it he did a little bit. I don't when, think he did. When he's holding I his disagree. cousin, he did the whole comic book, like, look up to the sky when it's raining and say, no, like it was very. Yeah, but how many cousins have you had? Over dramatic. Sh- not, not that many, but like, I don't think I'd do the whole cradle him in my arms. Yeah, but like, he's also Latino, so they're passionato. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Sorry if that's not a word. I think it could be. <laughs> Has O at the end. Uh, for Damien Carter. The, the steely-eyed son of uh, Coach Ken Carter, mm-hmm. I had down Nick Cannon because he has that that beautiful face, but he also has acting chops. And I don't know if anyone out there knows Nick Cannon that well. Like, he is... He has chops. Um, right. For for Kenyon, I think because it's such a dramatic role, it's such a heavy dramatic role, and he has to do all that stuff. Like, that fucking storyline gave me a pain in my scraw. Because I'm like, Just fuck. Just you're, you're, you're the, the teenage you was afraid of it. Get back to the basketball. It's, don't try and analyze me. Now, come on. I'm saying get back to the fucking basketball. This like, get an abortion or don't get an abortion. If your mom wants to leave, let her leave. Like, get over. I think like, he was a bit too sweet to be wholesome. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. That's what I mean. So we're trying to get somebody who's a little bit more hard-nosed. Because yeah. Kenyon, he, like, he could have been the main young male lead. And I think he was kind of, he's billed as that, the yeah. young male lead. Uh, Kenyon Stone was played by Rob Brown. I think Morris Chestnut, who is in Boys in the Hood, the lead character, he's like he's hard nosed, he's raw, he's rough, and he'd be able, like a young a young Morris Chestnut, mm. would be able to come in and go, uh, you know, bitch, you having this baby or what? But I don't think that was the character. I think the character was a real, um, you know, somebody who was a good boy. Who was yeah. trying, like, even the fact that he was so committed in such a committed relationship at 16. 
Yeah. Do you know, like, I think he was just a good boy. He wasn't, like, they alluded at the beginning, like, his friend is all, like, he's trying to try it on with every girl, like, it's a horn dog, you know. Yeah, um, maybe, yeah. Who was that? Worm was, you yeah. know, like, he's trying, he's basically every girl he's asking out. So they're all like, sure, you know, you don't fancy me. You just fancy anybody with boobs. Yeah, but, but Ken- Kenyon, Kenyon was, was in like love. the mature yeah, guy love. in love. So I think that was just his character. And I don't think, like, I don't, I don't know if your man from Boys in the Hood would have, I don't think I think that would have been a little bit too stereotypical. It's, it's to a be similar. Honest. It's a similar character. He, he mm. plays in Boys in the Hood. He's like, I want to be better than this. I want to not be in the hood, a boy in the hood. I want to better. Yeah, myself. but you were I like saying, but a little bit, like a little bit harder. He was yeah. felt like a little bit of a fucking wimp or something. You know, he was very. He wasn't. I didn't a, think so. He wasn't he was assertive silent, at all. Silent and confident. Maybe so. Maybe so. Um. So for a uh, uh, ju- junior battle. Played by Maddox, I think I liked him. I did like him. He was good, not a not a brilliant actor, but like good for this part. I thought he was good at the whole kind of droopy, big, tall, really good, really good basketball <laughs> player who's who's droopy. a bit who's a bit like, what? Where am I? Yeah, you know, like I thought that was really came across. You see that character like in a lot of these, you know, there's. Here's four dudes. One's the leader. One's the fat, mm. funny guy. One's mm. a weirdo. And the other one's like, what are we doing? Like, it is a bit mm. Scooby-Doo-ish. The other one is Channing Tatum with his towel tied just yeah. so. The, the, just see just the cleft so. of his crack. I think that an older, now more mature Tyler James Williams, who plays Chris and everybody hates Chris, would be, uh, who is a great actor. And mm. he's very underrated. I don't know when he's going to come back into the acting fold, but I think he could be a really good junior battle. Because he has, he needs to be a little bit sharper, but he can play dumb. Like in Everybody Hates Chris, he could play dumb real well. Mm. But when he needs to be sharp, he could be sharp. And I think Junior Battle was like that. He was good on the court, not great in the books. Yeah. Um, for, for Jason Lyle, played yes. by Channing Tatum, I've chalked one down here for the white boys. Uh, Liam Hemsworth. No. No? Too, too clean cut. Are you joking? Channing Tatum is really clean cut. I think Channing Tatum fit in. I think he fit into that movie. I couldn't see Liam. I, I, I couldn't see it. No? No. I think, or a young Tom Hardy, maybe. Maybe. Tom Hardy was like, he was a bit of a, a Jack the Lad, like a lock, stock and some, two smoking barrels kind of a fella, like a bit of a gangster, a bit of a, how yeah. are you getting on? Tom yeah. Hardy, maybe. You need somebody like fit and big and I, I, I'm, ha- I'm happy with Jason. I'm happy with Channing. You, you happy with Channing Tatum? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll just we'll see about that. <clears throat> Channing Tatum. She doesn't make me like dress up like Channing Tatum or anything like that, guys. If you're if you're wondering. Yeah. I don't have a towel or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just pull it down just a, just a, just Lower. a twenty bit. Lower. Yeah. Higher. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then Kira, the pregnant the pregnant uh, girlfriend of uh, Kenyon. I, I have down here as a joke Raven Simone because I can just imagine her whinging around that kitchen uh, with babies hanging off her and everything I would hate that she's really annoying yeah Raven Simone no I thought Ashanti played it very well she did a uh, little bit whingy a little bit too like more, more whingy than she was uh, dramatic I've seen Zoe Kravitz have you seen her yeah she's very beautiful I think she's a really good actress there's going to be a lot of stuff mm, coming out of her it's the acting you like yeah? it's the acting it's the acting yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the acting. yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think I think if she was if now if you're casting that she it's the kind of character that she plays she's in for those kind of supporting roles now at the moment and yeah. I think she'd be looking for a lead pretty soon 
Zoe Kravitz is definitely an actress to watch now at the moment. Right. One to watch. Especially with the whole family behind her and all that stuff moving on up. And like, ah. you know, if she ever doesn't have any place to live, she can live in Lenny's scarf. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't wear any jocks, don't you know? And he, and he has his pubes in dreadlocks. Imagine everyone knowing that about your dad. Be terrible, wouldn't it? So what we like to do on White Press Play is give the audience one reason why. So one reason why you definitely watch or not watch this movie. And I know, Claire, you've watched this dozens and dozens and dozens of times with at-risk teens mm-hmm. standing at the back of the class going, how am I going to get through to these kids? It's actually really badly timed because... Um Several times we've come to the last, like the crucial last five minutes of the film and the bell has gone <laughs> and it's really hard to just get into it the next day for yeah. just five minutes. So, I, you know, to build it, up it's the a crescendo. Yeah, it's an yeah. anticlimax. Yeah. So um, I kind of might pick a point to start and then go. So basically, this is what ha- has happened so far. Yeah. Do you stop it at any point and go through and explain all the. Well, I don't play it continuously, so yeah. I would. I, it's it's played as a as a reward kind of class, you know, right. like a holidays class. And if there was one reason why you would suggest somebody at home to watch this movie, not in a classroom situation, but in a, you first should of watch all, this movie because it's good. First of all, um, I do think it's it's a like if you like your, um, you know, based on a true story, tearjerkers, but that you know you're not going to be bawling the whole way through it. If you like the blind side, if you like remembering the Titans, if you like that kind of a film, might even be your secret chain. <laughs> I think I think it's a really good one and it stands up, in my opinion. Like I've watched it several times. I wouldn't have watched it several times if I've watched it several times if it wasn't before a good this film. and I watched it the other day when yeah. I was taking notes and doing all that. Yeah. And I enjoyed it again. Yeah. Like it is good. There there are parts that are a little bit I'll I'll talk about that in my bit, but you don't you don't No, because I think if you watch any film that many times you yeah. want to start pulling like I mean Pretty Woman, really? Forrest Gump really? Forrest Gump, same. I've watched it like four hundred times. Yeah, so if you watch it that many times you're gonna be like, mm, I find this difficult to believe. Yeah. You know, like kinda of like the black flies in, in the green mile. <laughs> yeah. You know, comrade balls. Uh one reason why I would suggest you watch it is the commanding performance from uh Samuel L. Jackson in mm. something that's not him like in a taxi with Bruce Willis or with snakes on a plane or being a gangster and shooting a gun he's still a hard motherfucker uh, he get, he 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 really reacts well off these kids and it feels very natural there's no part of the movie that he's involved in where I'm like ah come on because everything every scene he's in I believe it I believe it right and the stuff with uh, like uh, Kenyon and his girlfriend and the pregnancy stuff and Samuel L. Jackson has nothing to do with that and I'm like come on come on come on come on come on bring Sam Jackson back like this is fucking bullshit you're you two years are shy come on come on come on come on come on come on it just seems like yeah he has that tie, presence he ties the whole thing together mm. and and I know I said like uh, like a Will Smith mm. a mature Will Smith would do the same I really don't think he can be replaced in this film like Sam Jackson makes this and it is one of those movies where you're like fuck this this lad has real chops. Uh, Worm, who's played by Antoine Turner, who's also in another movie with Sam Jackson that was made before this called 187, where Samuel Jackson plays a teacher who has... A, mm-hmm. It's class. I've never seen it. He has a violent, semi-violent uh, uh, interaction with a young gangbanger in his class. And the gangbanger is all like, you dead, son. And basically, I said son instead of the N-word. And he and says... 
I'm not a teacher. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, like, they come, they, it's like a home invasion type thing where they're trying to kill. Like, 187 is the police code for somebody's been shot, you know. So these lads are, like, coming to his house and writing 187 on an in paint and oh. basically threatening to kill him for, for, for fucking him up in school. And uh, Antoine Turner plays the, the, the main bad dude in that. So they're put together again in this for... Oh. for uh, and is he good? In, is he really is he believable good. in that? Because really, like, he's believable as a a lovable twerp. Yeah, in but this film. in 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 Coach Carter, it's kind of like a watered down version of how aggressive the teacher is. Because in one eight seven, like Sam Jackson is a fucking animal. Right. You know, um, it's like watching him in uh, Black Snake Moan as well, where it's totally outside of his usual character archetypes that that he gets put into and i guess he gets pissed off he's like i don't want to play another i think it'd be way worse to be be playing the characters that you're playing but to be then accused of playing other characters you know that that are other in other films that you haven't started yeah like uh, lawrence fishburne and stuff like that yeah i mean that happens you know i'd say he doesn't mind if people just get the characters that he's played right (laughs) there is a funny clip where uh, an interviewer a movie critic is interviewing him and going so you're in this movie he's like what that's not me that's Lars fishburne you fucking he's like sorry i can't tell the difference between black people um but yeah he he is really really good in this and 187 i hope we will do on the show yeah future. class class film um, so that's it for White Breast Play for this time. Thanks very much to Claire for joining us. You're talking welcome. about Coach Carter. Which You're is, welcome. This is one of your picks. It is. It's one of my favorites. Classics. Uh, chalk it down. So, if anything we said in the show, uh, you know, dredged up some uh, memories of when you were a, a young black teen in the hood trying to make it as a basketball superstar, you can send us in a message uh, on all of our social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Reddit, or anywhere else that you can think of. We probably have an account on it. So it's whatever, whatever.com slash white press play. Uh, we also have the Discord server that I'd love you to join. Come in and join and talk about uh, talk about this movie and the little bits after you've watched it. We also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash white press play, where you watch us, uh, a bit, mostly me, uh, playing uh, video games live from PS4, Steam, and from the classic consoles. Uh, there's a new Mega Drive, a new SNES, I think a new Game Gear, and a Game Boy. Uh, consoles all coming out now and there's 80 games I think included in each of those uh, uh, classic consoles so I'll be playing basically playing through all of those to see if it's worth the money or not uh, we also have the lifeblood of the show is Patreon so patreon.com slash play and thanks to all the donators over on, over on uh, Patreon who are keeping us keeping us going keep the lights on over here in in White Press Playland, and uh, th- that's it for this time. Go watch Coach Carter. Uh, I think it's on uh, Hulu at the moment. You can watch it, uh, or I'm sure you can. I find have it, it on DVD. <laughs> you can find it in some other uh, location. It's Coach Carter, 2005, uh, directed by Thomas Carter, uh, and uh, I mean. It's definitely worth it. Hmm. Definitely worth one. Oh, it's worth one watch. One, yeah. one watch at least. Anyway. Or in my case, 21. <laughs> uh, and again, thanks to Claire uh, for joining us. Come on, we go to bed, love. Thanks. Right. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye.